How many of you are feeling fatter? Wow, I didn't see any hands go up. That's amazing. It's a funny little acronym, but man, it'll stick with you. I still remember the chemical formula for acetate from high school chemistry because it was so memorable the way that my high school chemistry teacher presented it. And that's the hope, that that in this acronym we can remember throughout our daily lives what it is that we need to do, what it is that, that, what the qualities are that we need to have as disciples of Jesus Christ. It's one thing to call ourselves disciples. That, uh, Pastor Dina mentioned last week it's a little bit ambiguous. It's kind of a churchy word. It's also kind of a buzzword right now. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, church organizations are starting to latch on to the discussion about discipleship. And, and uh, you know, I can say that I was cool before it was cool in that sense. Um, I've talked about discipleship quite a bit over the past decade. But we're going to talk about this, and last week you talked about the fact that you need to be faithful, following Jesus, uh, being willing to answer the call and to go with Him wherever He goes. Uh, the Last week we talked about the call, uh, Pastor Dina talked about the call uh, to Andrew and to Simon Peter, and then also the call to Philip and Nathaniel. And the fact that faithfulness doesn't mean that we have to answer every objection, I love Nathaniel's objection. Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And I think that's because I come from Newcastle. Newcastle. Can anything good come out of Newcastle? And so I relate to, to, to Nathaniel on, on more ways than one. But I also am challenged by Philip's response, come and see. I'm a fixer. I'm a repairer. I am someone who wants to overcome every challenge, climb every mountain, all that good stuff. But what we remember in faithfulness is we are not to do the work of conversion, but we invite people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. We invite them into our lives to see what our lives are like and the way that Jesus has transformed us and allow Jesus to do the transforming work and the Holy Spirit to work in people's lives. So we talked about faithfulness. This week we need to talk about availability. Availability. And this is, I think this is a very difficult uh, concept for our age. Availability is something that is precious We have demands on all sides of us, and we have many, many ways that we can spend our time, many organizations to choose from, many, many um, activities that we can choose from. It's funny, I saw, um, as I saw the campers this week, one of them is actually a lifeguard up at North Boundary Park, and he knows that I've been in the area for 11 months now, and he said, one of the first things that he said to me on getting into the cabin was, James, I... I haven't seen you at the pool yet. Where have you been? Well, I've been unavailable. I asked him, are non-residents allowed? I'm like, I'm not a resident. Am I even allowed to come? I don't know if it's available to me. He said, yeah, I'm pretty sure. But are we available What do our schedules look like? What do our hearts look like? And so on to faithfulness, the the willingness to go, we want to talk about availability. 
And we're going to actually look at two passages, although we're going to look at the first one right now, and we'll pick up the second one in just a little bit. So if you have your Bible there, please open to 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to look at the first 10 verses of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel is conveniently located right before 2 Samuel, (laughs) and right after Ruth in the Old Testament portion of your Bible. So 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Hear God's word as I share it with you. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me? But Eli said, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me? My son, Eli said, I didn't call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know about the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then, then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. This is God's word to us today. Let's pray. Lord, as we approach your word again, we ask that you would instruct us so that we might live lives that reveal your grace to others, that reveal your your grace to ourselves, that we would understand what you are teaching us and by your grace live it out. Strengthen my words during this time, for my words are empty, just a vapor in the wind. You, O God, hold the very words of eternal life. So may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Like I said, we're talking about availability. And next week, we're going to talk about teachability. And these are two characteristics that I've, I've, I've thought a lot about because how do we define the difference uh, among these three terms, uh, faithful, available, and teachable? Reproducing is kind of one that stands on its own, but faithfulness, uh, the, the, the tenacity to follow Jesus wherever he goes— This week we talk about availability. Am I actually available to God? You know, it's one thing. I've got my cell phone in my pocket right here. 
but it's on silent. It's here, but I am unavailable because there's a, a priority that is taking place over the cell phone. And honestly, the only reason it's in my pocket is so I don't lose it. <laughs> but availability, I am unable to take a call right now. Go ahead and call, but just leave a message. Teachability, next week we will talk about, is about our willingness to respond to God's Word. So, the willingness to follow Jesus, the willingness to be open and available to Him, and then the, the willingness to respond to God's Word. Because all of those come into play even in a grouping like this. Right here, we can say, here are the faithful. These are the ones who have come to be a part of the worship of God. But we all know that depending upon what has gone on, we may not be available. Even though we are physically here, or we may not be teachable, even though we are physically here. You, uh, you know that I just spent a week at Camp Lambeck, and I'm exhausted. <laughs> And I was very, very concerned. I asked uh, Pastor Dina to take care of the pastoral prayer and the announcements this week. And I was very concerned as we went into our prayer time, am I going to be fully available on this or am I going to be snoozing on the front pew? Am I available? We have different things during our week. Our schedules make us available and not available. I am not available on Thursdays at noon. I have a standing appointment with guys that, that are in my doctoral cohort. We, we make ourselves available to each other at that time, and we, we choose to leave other people out during that time. Availability we can see in, in the Scripture today. And we can see availability in the two different characters that are in the temple. You know, the call of Samuel... Um, is very, it's one of those stories that you go, why would anyone include this in the Bible? You have Eli, who is the, the elderly priest before God, whose sons have disobeyed God and that he did nothing to correct them. And so Eli has received condemnation and his line is not to continue. And he is blind. He, he, his sight is unavailable to him, but we get the sense that it's not just his physical sight that is unavailable to him. It is his spiritual sight that is unavailable to him as well. Samuel is young. He doesn't recognize the voice of God yet. And so when God calls in the middle of the night, Samuel says, this has got to be Eli calling me. He must need something. And he is faithful to Eli. He's also faithful to God. He is sleeping near the lamp of God and near the ark of God. Samuel is physically available to the presence of God. And so when the voice comes, Samuel, Samuel, this must be Eli. He gets up and he goes. Now, I know how I am when someone tries to wake me up at 8 in the morning. And here we have the middle of the night. The lamp of God is something that was to burn throughout the night. And here Samuel gets up and he goes to Eli and he says, Here I am, you called me. And Eli has got to be thinking something other than, I didn't call. 
I'm pretty sure the Scripture is being kind to us in that moment. But Eli says, this was not me. Go back to bed, Samuel. And it happens a second time. God calls, and and Samuel's thinking, I'm sure I hear Eli. And he gets up, and he goes right in. He is faithful over and over again. And he says, here I am. You called. Eli said, I didn't call. Look at the clock. I did not call. Go back to bed. And a third time it happens. And it's finally on this third time that Eli, despite his blindness, despite the fact that he may be spiritually unavailable to God in the way that he should be as a priest and as a member of the, the people of God, of the Israelites, finally realizes there might be something else going on here. Like I said, Eli is a priest. He is the person who was to be tending all the things of God. He is the person that was supposed to be ministering before the Lord and ministering to the people of Israel. And yet we hear, that, be, and we can assume it's because of the disobedience of that day, that the Word of God was rare. The Word of God was, was, was not forthcoming. And so Eli had just gotten into his routine. He wasn't used to hearing the voice of God. And it takes him a little while to recognize that voice of God. That God might be doing something right there in the midst of the temple. He had, through, through the difficulties of his life, through the circumstances of his life, through, the, through his not tending his spiritual life, become unavailable to God. And yet, as we look, we see that Samuel, in his youth and his innocence, in his not jaded ways, had become available to God and sought to be close to the Lord. And so, he is there and he is the one that gets to hear the voice of God. And in fact, in, the, in, the, in verse 10, on the fourth time that Samuel is called, notice that it's not just the voice, but the Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. A disciple makes their life available to God. A disciple makes their life available to God. Samuel was available physically. He was available spiritually. All he lacked was was the guidance to know the voice of God in his life. And even the old and failing Eli was able to help him in that moment. Are we available? Are we willing to listen to the voice of God? That's a, that's a difficult question because we want to view ourselves as faithful. We want to view ourselves as available. And yet, the reality is, 
our schedules, our calendars, our spiritual openness is often much different than what we would like to believe. It's the same thing sometimes about our physical availability. When we get one more invitation and we look and we say, yeah, I think I can squeeze that in. And what we do is end up making ourselves so scheduled and so stretched thin that we become available to, unavailable to people even when we are physically there. One of the great parts about camp is that there's horrible cell coverage up at camp. Horrendous. In fact, sometimes when I get into camp, my phone says, Welcome to Canada. No joke. That's, that's what it'll say it sometimes. We have stories about kids who have attempted to use cell phones and their parents get two, three, four hundred dollar cell phone bills because it's pinging off of a Canadian tower. And we told them, don't use the phone. Become unavailable to it for this, life, for this week. And what's amazing is getting to see the kids who do make themselves unavailable to technology, and available to the moment. One kid in my cabin this week who said, I haven't felt this present in such a long time. What are we making ourselves available to that is stressing us out, that is pulling us thin, that is, that is making us unavailable to the work of God in our lives? That's a, that's a primary question that we need to ask. And, and that's where we need to pick up the story of the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus. If you put a finger in Samuel, flip over to Mark chapter 10, verse 17. I think we'll recognize this story, but I want to suggest that wealth is not the only thing that this story describes. Mark chapter 10, verse 17, as Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, you shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Imagine having that to parent. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Hear that. He looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. We make this a story about wealth. We think, okay, this is how money can draw us in, but it is in, as well a story about being unavailable to God. That, that we can feel like we have done everything that we are supposed to, that, that, that we've got it going for us. God loves me. And yet Jesus could see into this man's life and see the, the, the one thing that was making him unavailable to his call. 
Last week, we talked about the call of Andrew and Peter. Last week, we talked about the the call of um, Philip and Nathaniel. And they were willing to leave it. You know, uh, in one of the other Gospels, it's Simon, Peter, and and then it's Andrew and John. uh, Or um, James and John. Andrew and Peter left their boat. Funny little thing that if you notice here. They had a fishing business, but they were in it together. It was a small family operation, nothing big. But when we go to the sons of Zebedee, James and John, there's an interesting comment. They left their boats and their nets and their father. This was a fishing enterprise. This was multiple pieces of equipment. This was a sizable thing. This is a going business, a going concern. It is something that very easily could have sucked them in. i got to take care of the family business. Dad is here. We've got multiple boats. I've got multiple people that I've got to work with. i got to take care of the day laborers. i got to take care of the wage, uh, the, the, the payroll, because payroll had to be done every day in those days, not every week or two weeks or month or semi-monthly. Or... And so there were demands. There were requirements. There were, there were very pressing issues of life. And yet they were willing to go. They were willing to make themselves available despite everything in their schedule that pushed on them. And here we see this young rich ruler who thinks he's got it all together, including the wealth, which was to be a sign that God favored him, but he was unwilling to give that up and be available to Jesus. What is it that prevents us from being available to Jesus? If we never make ourselves available to God, we're never going to hear His voice. We're never going to learn, like Samuel did, what the voice of God sounds like in our lives. And Samuel would go on to be faithful to God and available to God throughout his entire life life. But here's the thing, if we never make ourselves available and then never hear His voice, we then question His presence in our lives. We start to think, well, I've done this all on my own. I don't hear the voice of God. It's, it's, it's just not happening. And we realize that we start to be deluded into the idea that we have done this all on our own, all on our own strength. Pull ourselves up by our bootstraps take charge of the situation, look out for number one, and we believe that we have done it on our own. But even Samuel needed Eli to speak into his life so that he could hear the voice of God. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And so I want to suggest three real quick things that can help us this week that can get us on the right track to to make us a little bit more like Samuel and a little bit less like the rich ruler. First of all, that, that availability to God requires margin in our lives. This is actually a big topic in psychology right now, the issue of margin in our lives. 
because it is a treadmill to live life right now. Many of us have, have uh, tight schedules, and then the funny thing that I learned over being a, a Presbyterian pastor is that retired people actually have tighter schedules than working people. We have put ourselves on a treadmill, and we line up our days. If I get here at, this, uh, at 10.43 and 47 seconds, then I can be there until and a 15-minute curveball in our schedule can throw us off. We have made our lives, and some of you will appreciate this reference, we have made our lives into Rube Goldberg machines, where there is a ton of activity, there's a lot going on, but at the end, what did we do? Did we actually accomplish, accomplish anything? Psychology is starting to bear that, uh, that out. The issues of, of purpose and meaning in people's lives are becoming critical. We're more frenetic and less productive than ever. Pastor Pete Scazzaro puts it in terms of, uh, in terms of Sabbath. He is someone who, who nearly burned out in ministry. And so he warns us that that in terms of margin, we can never let our doing for God exceed our being with God. Do you hear that? We can never allow our doing for God to exceed our being with God. We can think ourselves really effective and, and a chief doer for God, but if we are not spending time with God, abiding, that's a word that we'll have to unpack sometime, but being with God and, and being in His presence, Samuel was in the Lord's presence. And he was there long before he had the Word of God come. And so, do we have margin in our lives? Have we scheduled time where we can breathe? Have we scheduled Sabbath where we can rest? Or are our schedules so tight that we cannot handle anything that goes sideways? So being available to God means that we have margin in our lives so that we can hear His voice, so that we can be with Him and to be with him more than we do for him. One other, uh, one other way that this has been expressed to me is that God's church does not have a mission. God's mission has a church. The mission is priority one. The church is the method to that mission. But secondly, availability to God means listening. Listening is, is one of those skills that, that requires us to slow down. It requires us to be intentional. It requires us to be available and to be present. There are some times in the office where, where multiple things have to happen at once. And, and uh, Kimmy and Dina have both heard me say at times as I'm walking, I am listening to you. I realize that my physical activity might be communicating a lack of availability. 
but we have to be actively listening. Have you ever gotten through one of those conversations with someone and you're like, I have no idea what they just said? That's horrible. I'm a horrible person. All right, maybe you don't think that last part, but you know, some of us do. We're like, wow, I just looked at that person's eyes and mouth for five minutes and I have no idea. And then we compare that and sometimes we'll... How many times have we sat in worship and God is speaking and we have no idea what he's saying? We have checked out. We have tuned out. We are unavailable. We have have chosen either through choice or through chance to not listen intentionally. And then we get embarrassed and we think, I I just want to shuffle out of here. I don't want to admit that I actually wasn't listening. Instead of saying, Lord, I was distracted, but I really need to hear what you have to say. Because that could meet, that most likely will be the entire difference in my week. Or do we walk out just saying, I got it done, next thing. Again, margin and listening. Are we there? actually listening to the voice of God. How's your morning quiet time? How, how is your daily devotional? How is your prayer life? Do we spend more time talking or listening in prayer? Sometime that you are praying, take a mental note of how much talking you do and how much listening you do. It's funny, we can, we can make ourselves entirely unavailable to God by simply talking over Him all the time. And then availability means recognizing the voice of God. We have all had this experience, I'm sure. Have you ever been in a group of people and the cell phone goes off and the person who owns the, fo- uh, the phone is blissfully unaware that their cell phone is going off? I've been in the middle of worship services. Someone's phone is going off and they are just sitting there loving Jesus and having no idea, but everyone else knows. It's a funny experience, but, but when we don't recognize the voice of God, we will think that it is something else. Here, Samuel didn't know what the voice of God sounded like, and so he thought it was Eli. And so he goes to Eli, and Eli is probably getting frustrated, especially the third time. I got to give it to Eli for hanging in there for, for three times. But if we don't recognize the voice of God, then we don't recognize how we can respond to that and then actively listen to God. If we are so worked up, if we are so, uh, if we are so frenetic that we never listen and we never learn that voice, then we'll never learn to listen to it. Availability to God means hearing and knowing His voice. David talks about this in the shepherd, in the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters, he, uh, uh, to green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. 
He knows the voice. Jesus said, my sheep will recognize my voice and will only come when I call them. Do we recognize the voice of Jesus? So availability is this question of whether we are accessible to God. Whether we have so programmed our lives that we have programmed God functionally out of it. That we are so tight and stretched on our, on our, um, in our schedules that we can't actually participate in the work of God and to be with God. Having a merry heart in a Martha world, as one book says. But a disciple makes their life available to God. It's not going to happen naturally. It's not going to happen uh, by default. It's a choice that we make in response to the grace of Jesus. My prayer for you this week is that you will find that time to listen, that you will make your life available and seek the advice of others on how they hear God. Let's pray for that just this week, for this week. Lord, we are busy. We make ourselves busy. And yet you are patient, patiently waiting for us to make ourselves available to you. You don't press your way in. You speak into our lives. Help us to recognize that voice, to hear what it is that you want to say to us, to hear, to hear your words and to allow those to satisfy our life for this week. Break our addiction to hurry and help us to fall more in love with you. Ask this in your name. Amen.